Hello, my name is Attorney Sean Smith, and you're here again with us on Law Matters. Today, we have a wonderful conversation with Mr. Kevin Ploche, a financial educator and advisor, who's going to talk with us today about financial education and how better manage your cash flow and even your income and your expenses. He's talking more so with some of the outlines in his book, How Money Works, and we invite you to tune in for this wonderful conversation and education. We have in the studio with us today, uh, Kevin Ploche. So good to have you on here today, man. How you doing? Appreciate you having me, man. Doing good, man. Anytime, anytime. Now listen, you have a, a vast experience in the area of finances, and more specifically, how money works. Give us a little bit of background about that. Yeah, um, so, so um, it started for me, for me, uh, my parents, uh, as you know, and your parents, you know, migrated from another country. So as you know, with that comes, you know, they don't really know what's going on as it relates to money here in the United States. It's a much different island life than here. Gotcha. As you know. So um, they struggled a lot because they didn't understand how money works here. Did you see that growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Because we were a what we would call a large family. It was four boys, and one girl, right? So um, a lot of hand me downs, right, right, <laughs> and things like that. Uh, we had a great, great um, child uh, upbringing, but at the same time, we could I could see that you know we would ask our parents, "Hey, can we go to Disneyland? Can we do this? Can we do that?" It's like, no, we don't have it. You know, so you're trying to say when you were growing up here in the state of Florida, you didn't get to go to Disney World. Uh, I did get to go to Disney World, <laughs> but not as as much as you like I as a kid. You know, I understand. <laughs> so that had an impact on you once you got older in you getting into financial affairs and getting some financial wisdom. Yeah, because um, I wanted to really understand it because I wanted to then educate you know my family and families to come to say, okay, um, this is how it works here. You know, so I actually went to school for uh, finance um, and I went into accounting thinking that was the that was the ticket. Uh-huh. Uh, but then um, as I got into accounting, I realized that's really wasn't what it was. Um, uh, and then uh, when I moved here to Orlando, I got introduced to the financial service industry. And and that's when the light bulb went off for me saying I can actually help families, educate families on a day to day basis educating them how their money should work for them. So let's let's go ahead and write in to ask you the $10 million question. How does money work? Well, it is a $10 million question <laughs> uh, because uh, lack of education. And what I'll t- say in the beginning is that most people beat themselves up when they don't know. And what I will reassure them to say is that it's probably because of the fact that we, ne- we, don't, we don't get educated in school as it relates to finances. There's two subjects uh, we talked about before, two subjects in, 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 in life that we don't learn in school, but we have the most problem when we get out. Which are? Finances and relationships. True that, right? true that. You deal with the relationships more than me. <laughs> but uh, finances is one of them. So if we don't get that baseline of basics on finances, then what are the chances are that we're gonna be successful in life, period, with understanding just the basics of money? Gotcha. Right? So, uh, that's where we come in and we really educate people on how money works. So the most important thing is we want to understand how money works. Now, is there a, a, an outline that gives us an indication about how money works that, that will help us start 
or give us a basis for the, for this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the uh, wonderful people in our in our in our company they they designed a book to help us do that. Mm. Um, and the book is called How Money Works. Stop being a sucker. Okay. Right. Um, and it re- it's really designed to educate the basics on how money works and there's in the book there's seven money milestones seven money milestones yes all right and seven is always a, a good number hey. so the first thing we need to understand is there's seven milestones into in order to understand how money works correct right? what's the first milestone so the first milestone is gaining a basic financial education hmm. just like we said before because we don't learn it in school there has to be a baseline that you get in order to move on to the next steps now, if I don't get it in school, where do I get a basic understanding of, of how money works? That's a good question. Um, you you want to you, you want to uh, what I like to say is when I'm speaking with families, especially you want to have a team around you. Uh, just like we always talk about um, sports athletes yes. and, you know, they'll say, hey, I have a team around me. Um, I, incor- I incorporate that with every family. I should say you should have a team around you, trusted people that you know that helps you with your taxes, your legal advice and your financial advice and others. Right. So you should have that trusted person in your life that understands money that has the credentials to do so that you can go and ask them questions and you can get educated and get your life in order financially right which you are to our family you're the financial advisor so i can come talk to you pick up text you on the phone hey my money's not working help me out (laughs) which you you have done already in the past so yeah (laughs) so the first is to get a financial education that may be reaching out to somebody in terms of how to get your finances in order. What would be number two? Number two is then we get into the six steps of um, of financial education. So the first one I like to talk about is cash flow. Hmm. Um, There's a song that says cash rules everything around me. Yeah, it, For yeah, some people it, may it, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So take a, take, take a, a look at your cash flow. What, what does that mean? Now, now, now some people have been taught to um, create what we call a budget. Right. And they mistaken that with cash flow. Hmm. But there's a difference between having the cash flow and understanding your uh, and creating a budget. What's the difference? So cash flow is what comes in and what goes out on a monthly basis. Your income and your expenses. expenses. Right. right. That's my cash flow. Right. But a lot of us may not have a lot enough money coming in to meet their expenses. Which is why there's a big difference between cash flow and, and creating a budget because you can have the best budget in the world created, mm-hmm. but if you don't have enough cash flow to, to, to facilitate that budget, that budget's not going to work for you. It's, it's, not, it's a no good budget. No good budget. And a lot of us have no good budgets out there. Right, because they don't understand what's coming in and what's going out on a monthly basis. Ah. Right? Once you understand what's... And, and what I always like to um, relate it to is every every family should operate their finances like it's a business. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means you should, on a monthly basis, assess what you did for the month. Gotcha. Right? I made this amount of money this month. I expended this amount of money this, this month. month. What do we have left over? You know, in the, in the industry, we call it discretionary income or discretionary loss or expenses. So how do we marry the two of cash flow and budget? Because there may be some listeners who have a 
a, a static income. This is how much my employer is going to give me every month. I know how much I'm going to make. All right. This is my budget. I know what my expenses are, my mortgage, my rent, my food, my light bill, my water bill. How do we marry the two if you're saying that they're different? Okay, good question. So I encourage everyone to start out with the basics. If you have to write everything out and say, this is what I make, see it, see it on paper, right? You know, this is what I make and these are my expenses. Now you can see it on paper and say, okay, am I measuring up? So now let's, because there's two ways, there's only two ways you can increase your discretionary income, either make more money or lower your expenses. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that everybody can do is look at their expenses and see how they can lower the, their expenses, right? But once you've done that, now uh, it's it's on your preference on how you can manage that. So I, I encourage families to either, if they're um, Excel spreadsheet savvy, right? Utilize a spreadsheet that helps them with their budget, right? Or if they're more, if they're more like, hey, I like the, I like the, 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 the app world, yes. right? There's a lot of apps. There's apps out there that help you manage uh, your, 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 uh, your, your budget and your finances, things like that. So you know, one of them I usually recommend is say Mint. Yes. Mint is the app that you can put your your finances, you can put your income. It actually links your your uh, your bank to it. So as you swipe, it categorizes those expenses for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, for those who are on the go who say, well, I don't have time to sit down and put something in a spreadsheet. Well, you know, they have apps out there that helps, you know, simplify your life when it comes to that. Now, we've talked about understanding the cash flow. And the budget, how does the budget part tie into that? Once I've looked at my cash flow, I see what's coming in, I see what my expenses are, how do I marry my budget to that cash flow? Do I, do I say, okay, well, this is what my budget is going to be even though I can't meet it? How do I determine what my budget is going to be, I guess is my question. Right, so once you know what you're making on a monthly basis, then your budget is there to help you manage your expenses. Mm, say right? that again. So once you know how much you're making, your budget is then created to manage those expenses. So the budget is created to manage my expenses. Right. Okay. Because, you know, when it comes on to expenses, you want to make sure that you're keeping it under a specific realm so it doesn't, you're not going in a negative every single month. I'm going to tie that into relationships because some people may be sitting down here thinking, well, I know how to manage my expenses, but my spouse or significant other, they don't know how to manage the expenses, right? <laughs> so if you have the budget, you say, well, honey, it's not the our budget says that we can't get a new couch this week or honey we can't go to the football game because we don't have it in the expenses so so one of the ways that i help especially for couples in that scenario is because there's always going to be one stronger than the other one in that but the way that i help the stronger one relate a message to the one that needs that help is i say well if you can show them the goals first then when you say here's the budget then they understand more gotcha. so if we have if we're saving for a house let's say because that's one of the biggest ones right mm -hmm. if i if we have it budgeted that we need to save x amount of dollars per per month now the goal is set we right. have to save that amount each month mm -hmm. so now when I, we're talking about expenses now it's like well if we go over 
then we can't save this, then we can't get to the house part that we were, that our goal is. And that we was were. something that, that, that we didn't talk about before, and the good book always says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So when you're establishing your budget and when you're looking at your cash flow, you're essentially marrying them together because you have a goal or a vision in mind of where you want to go, whether it be I want to buy a house or I want to make this investment, I want to make this purchase. That's kind of what you're utilizing to marry your cash flow and, and, and your budget. Budget. Now, what's number number three? I guess we are on on, on the list. Real number, number two. Number two, man. Okay. We ain't on number two. Number <laughs> one was that good, man. We spent a little longer. Uh, number two is debt management. Hmm. Now, this is a big one because a lot of financial firms out there, they may or may not address debt, depending on their demographic, right? right. Who are they trying to reach, right? We deal with debt management we deal with debt because we know that debt is one of the biggest hurdles in most families, families. finances now, i know how some people do with debt management they just don't answer the phone they ignore it they ignore it right that, <laughs> who's that, the scam likely right right is that the best way to deal with debt? that <laughs> is not the best way to handle there's a debt. better way than just there not is a amazing way what is that you actually got to talk to them <laughs> Right, <laughs> we do. Yeah, they're actually pretty nice once you uh, once you talk to them and you help them understand your situation. Bre breaking news here: <laughs> the creditors are very nice uh, if you talk to them you, you, and let them know what's going on. You, you, you got to know. You got. You, you, here's the issue between the creditors and you know who they're trying to collect from. Mm -hmm. If they don't know your situation, they're not they're not going to be able to help you. Gotcha. It, whether it's your mortgage, because, uh -huh. you know, in the pandemic, there's been a lot of, you know, issues with people, you know, making rent, people paying mortgages, things of that nature. Right. So having the conversations with your with your mortgagers hmm. is a great situation. You want to do that because what you don't want to do is fall behind and then want to have that conversation. Gotcha. You, if you nip it in the butt early, you say, hey, due to the pandemic, we're at this point in time. Guess what? They have programs that they can put you in so that it doesn't impact you as much as it would if you withhold that information I see. till later. So it's about communication <laughs> with the creditors. I thought you said the two biggest things we don't talk about are what? Relationships and, and money. And money. There you go. So <laughs> there's, there's a relationship with my money, that conversation that I need to be having. You have to have a healthy relationship. So you're saying pick up the phone, call the creditor, and say this is my situation. Mm -hmm. Oh man! Yep, I got so, you. And, so, and, so and, whether it's creditors, mm -hmm. whether it's your student loan mm -hmm. companies, whether it's your mortgages, all of them have designed plans to help you succeed. Now, this is why your trusted, you know, financial person is 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 needed as well because they are should be aware of these programs and and help, can help you direct those conversations when you do talk to those creditors. Because we may say, well, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know, I don't know what to say. Right. So when you talk about debt management, it's, you're dealing with have the conversation, but also this is what you need to say within your conversation. Absolutely. And if you have that conversation, they'll most likely or hopefully be able to many times work things out for you. Absolutely. I got you. Absolutely. Got you. All right, what's next? Well, one more one more thing with debt. Right. There's a way to we I talk about two two types of debt. 
there's manageable debt and there's debt that we can't manage. Debt that we can't manage. Right. What's the difference? So the so good question. So debt that you can manage, we can put up we can put a, a, a strategy in place so you can accelerate and pay off your debt as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Right? With some of the some of the strategies we share with you. And they're real simple. Like one in for instance is what we call the avalanche approach. Have you heard of the avalanche approach? I think so, but maybe not under that terminology. Give me your definition. All right. So avalanche approach, let's say you have three cars that you're paying off and you pay off one of them. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that extra income that you just received? Uh, that's that you Dave Ramsey approach. You, you snowball that, it into right, the next yes, one, into the yes, next one, and you yes. help accelerate your debt and all that good stuff. So s- simple things like that, right? Gotcha. Ma- uh, when your debt is not manageable, this is where, again, your trusted financial person, educator can now direct you into programs that will help you in those in that light as well. Mm-hmm. There's several out there, won't get into it today, but of course, you know, you know, they are there designed to help you get out of debt as quickly as possible. So with those with the debt that is unmanageable, without going into the weeds with it. Generally, what do you advise, or generally, what are we to do with the debt that's unmanageable? So, so first, you have to you have to realize that your that that debt is not manageable. How do you do that? Because right, my, my thought was that it's unmanageable because I just I can't, can't pay. You can't pay, right? Right. So, so that's why that's why I talk about the cash flow part first, mm-hmm. right? So once you understand your budget, once you understand your income versus your expenses, this does not fit into it, right? Because right. it's giving me, it's making me in the negative every month. Right. Now we have to say, okay, how can we manage this? How? What do we? What can we do with this debt that that that's not part of our game plan right now? It's not part of the budget. Not part of the budget, <laughs> right? It doesn't meet the budget requirements. So once you can determine that, now, now, now that that financial educator now, they can help you take care of that part. You know what I mean? So that's how you determine. I that. see. Sounds good. Now, after I've got, I've done this so far. I've got financially educated. Right. I've done my um, cash flow and budget. Right. I'm dealing with my debt management. Hmm? What's number five? Number four. That's that's number three. Number three. I'm way behind in my numbers. Number three. So number three is emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Right. What is an emergency fund? Right. Tell us what an emergency fund is. We all, because everybody has different definitions. Dave Ramsey says a thousand dollars in your for an emergency. <laughs> right. Do you have the same definition as Dave, or you got a different one? So, though, there's different philosophies on that, and and I kind of go over it. But the basic definition of an emergency fund is having money set aside in case of an emergency. Right. Right. What we say in our industry is not if an emergency happens. It's, it's when. It's when because everybody goes through an, uh, some type of emergency at some point in time in their life. Does Does legal fees count as an emergency? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to answer that. Um, I'm going I'm to leave that to you. Well, I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I guess emergency will depend on on the on the uh, user on, on the user, right? Right. So the more common ones is right. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, all four tires blow out on the on the highway and you know car insurance is not gonna pay for that right how do you pay for four tires right one of the biggest ones is job interruption mm-hmm yes how do you plan for that well if you know ahead of time what your emergency fund goal is then you can take care of that what does that mean so normally the the statistics would say um, 
uh, three to six months of your expenses or your or your income saved up, right? Right. And what does that mean? So let's say, for instance, so let's say, for instance, my expenses comes up to be a thousand dollars a month. If I multiply that by three, my goal is my three month goal is three thousand dollars. Right. Right. Now I'll be covering my expenses for those three months if something happens. The other philosophy is looking at your income. If I make six thousand dollars a month, I can multiply that by three, and now I have eighteen thousand for my three month goal. Now I tend to go with the latter because if a family's used to making that kind of money, and they have an emergency you wouldn't want to just handle your expenses Expenses. and that's it correct right you want to still live the the, your lifestyle even in an emergency short-term emergency so the different one of two different strategies for establishing an emergency fund is three to six three to six months of your expenses or three to six months of your income understanding that if you do three to six months of your expenses just your expenses are going to be covered for the next three to six months not what you're used to you know, what your other part of your budget includes in terms of your income, because you're not going to have that based upon your job interruption. So as someone makes a decision, they say, well, do I want to live the next three to six months on my expenses or three to six months on my income? Right. And that we've even expanded that. Not even ju- more? Not just three to six. Mm-hmm. We're talking six to nine, six to 12 months. Due to the changes in the economy, due to the pandemic, you know, you want to make sure you have a significant emergency fund. Just And, and here's another a way of doing it to see what your goal should be, right? L- look at your gross salary. Mm-hmm. Take the first digit off of that gross salary, mm-hmm. that tells you statistically how long it will t- take you to get to that next job equal or more if you if there was a job interruption. I break that down All again. Right, so, so what that means is, let's say for instance, I'm used to making 70,000 a year. Correct. And I lose that job for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take me about seven months to get to a, 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 a position equal or greater than the job you have now than the job i have now so if you know that going in what should your emergency fund look like should be covered next seven months about seven months Uh, if you're making 70. right so 88 months 77 months 66 months 50 you know five months and if if you're a six-figure earner like yourself you know (laughs) it's gonna take already it's gonna take you a minute right no gotcha gotcha no that makes that that makes sense that makes sense all right what's the next the next one next item so after we've gotten a financial education we've talked about a cash flow debt management emergency fund the next thing you want to you want to tackle is proper protection what does that mean that one that means you want to make sure you have all of the insurances in your life covered whether it's car insurance life insurance health insurance home insurance all of that good stuff why why do we stress that because when we say proper protection um, most people say well you're protecting your car you're protecting your home you're protecting your health what you're really protecting in addition to those things is your income <laughs> because the reason why we have car insurance other than the fact that it's mandatory in florida right. florida right <laughs> uh is because you're what you're what you're doing when you have insurance is you're actually transferring financial risk you're transferring financial risk from yourself to an insurance company that says that if i do get into an accident 
I don't have to physically come out of my pocket to, to pay, pay for it. the expenses of my car, your car, and pop possible medical coverage. And just just a bit of a, a, advice from a legal standpoint mm-hmm. is that if you're driving around without insurance, first of all, that's against the, the law. Mm-hmm. And if you do get hit by somebody, then that person or their lawyer is going to ask that your license be suspended until you pay for those person's medical medical bills. Um, so that's, you know, that's why it's important that you do have insurance so that one, your insurance cover insurance company will take care of whatever damages or injuries that other person is due. And then two, if you don't, then a lot of times you're going to be coming out of your pocket. You can be personally responsible to pay that, and your license may likely be suspended until that's done. Right. So protection is, is very key, very important. Yeah, and and that's why that's why we talk about financial education because most people, when you talk about insurance, they already they're already xed out. They're already like you say, in insurance. And I don't really want to have that conversation. But when you properly educate them on what it really does. Then it enlightens them to say, man, I do need to go get that car insurance. I do need to get that because I'm transferring financial risk for myself. I would rather pay that monthly uh, cost every month than to say I get into a car accident or whatever and I have to pay those exorbitant amount of money. I think most of probably our listeners have car insurance, but let's talk about something even deeper, mm-hmm. life insurance. Absolutely. So why is it that, you know, I should get life insurance or that a loved one that I know should have life insurance. Why is that important? Right. So, so great question. So life insurance is it, it you, you want to think of it the same way, right? So you're protecting your income for whatever you leave behind hmm. because there's a myth out there that says if something happens to me, my debt just disappears or my responsibilities just disappear mm-hmm. and it doesn't it actually goes to your family in some way, shape, or form, right? As you know, in the legal realm, that's what happens. Correct. Right? So uh, you want to make sure you're covering four things when you're looking at life insurance. First thing is debt, of course. Yeah. Any student loans, any credit cards, (laughs) any car notes that you have, you want to make sure your family doesn't have to pay for that if something happens to you. The, uh, The second thing is income replacement. So did you know that life insurance is built also to replace your income for a set amount of years, right? So whether it's 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be. So you want to leave something for your family because especially if you're the main breadwinner, let's say, you want to make sure that your family could live off of 10 years or 20 years of your income. Right. Right. The third thing you want to cover is your mortgage. You wouldn't want to transfer a mortgage to your family if something happens to you. You want to make sure that's taken care of. So your family would be you know, would be, would be, we saved from that. Mm-hmm. And then last is education, right? So uh, one of the things or one of the dreams that we all have as parents is we want our kids to go to school, right? God forbid something happens to you prematurely, how does school happen? Well, if you, if you can prorate that into an insurance plan, something happens to you prematurely, your, st- your kids still get to go to school. Now, some people may listen to, to these, and we're talking about steps number three, four, and five, like, you know what, I just don't have the money to to cover those. And I think that goes back to the importance of, you know, we talk about cash flow mm-hmm. and establishing a budget. Right. Because if you, if you get that fundamental step taken care of, you can then plan 
for these other things that we're talking about in terms of debt management, in terms of emergency fund, in terms of protection, you can put that in your in your budget so that you can get to those next levels in, in your in your financial. Yeah. You're absolutely correct because uh, you know we, we we're we're talking right now and and somebody out there saying well how do I spread my my money into all of these buckets? Again, this is why this is where your financial professional will help you because a lot of uh, a lot of it starts at the cash flow level. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you don't know what your expenses look like on a monthly basis you should be able to rattle off on a monthly basis what your expenses look like okay and if you can't do that that's a problem Hmm. because what that tells you is that you aren't really looking at how you spend on a monthly basis gotcha what ranges and things of that nature so, but, but just because it's a problem, that don't mean life is over. No, 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 no. It just means like you've got the warning light on in your car, you're low on gas, or check engine light. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it would, but, but, but you, in addition to that, you know, the, the biggest, you know, biggest thing, like we talk about the relationship issue, the biggest thing is knowing that you have the problem. Yes. Right. Once you know that you have the problem, now, now you can fix it because th- these things are fixable. Say it's, that again. These things are fixable. They are. <laughs> yes, they are. And I guess I think that I think that's our biggest obstacle. You know, I think we all go through this. It's like you know, if somebody's sick, like oh they're sick, we need to take them to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, my car broke down, I need to take it to the mechanic, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, somebody got arrested, I need to go to the mm-hmm. lawyer. Yep. But also, my finances are messed up. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Yeah, I hide in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and we've been t- we we haven't been taught to go with a professional as it relates to finances. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taught to check it out online. You know, look at a few videos that some you know some some popular people out there. You right, know, and right. you know read a whole bunch of books, but. Those things are great, don't get me wrong, but you need that personal touch on that. Mm-hmm. You need someone that can walk you through it stage by stage uh, because your situation will change as well, right? Um, when you just start out, your career is much different than when you're seasoned 10, 20, 15 years in your, in your, in your field, right? So those are stages in life. You know, when you, you know, you start off single, then you get married, then you have kids. Those are all stages in life that you need a, 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 a financial professional along with you to help you make those transitions. Let's, let's make this a little bit more, more personal. Talked about your situation growing up, a home with, uh, Four four brothers in the in the home as as you also have had a sister as well. Right now, how does specifically talking about life insurance? What impact did that play? You know, on you growing up. You know, some people don't know your story of, you know, your mother passing and your dad passing. What impact did that have on on you growing up about you know, specifically life insurance? Yeah. So um, it when you are educating families, you can give real life testimonials if you will on the importance of it um as you know my my parents they 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 died pretty early because of because of cancer Mm. right so 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 you know understanding that going through that and helping through the process because my me as a financial professional I also have a financial professional that helps me, mm. right? So just let you know that even though I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, I still have 
a professional that helps me along the way right. as well right so that that my one of my mentors who's who's a financial professional as well he helped us through the whole entire process from you know f for that so it was a great you know uh example um and that's what i share that's how i help families to this day gotcha let me uh, did did your did your mom have life insurance yeah my mom my mom uh my parents did um you know now we talk about having insurance and then we talk about are you properly insured oh. there's a big difference <laughs> right um so are, we're, we're digging deeper yeah, now yeah you so, want to get into it so yeah. now you're saying yeah you can have protection but are you properly insured what does that even mean notice 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 i notice the the next step is proper protection yeah right because it you can have you can have it and you know, I talk to families all the time, and they'll say, "Yeah, I have, I have insurance. Um, I have it through the job, or I have my own." And then you ask them how much it is. It's like ten thousand, you know, twenty thousand, fifty thousand. And then when you go over the, you know, what what it covers now, <laughs> then they're like, "Wow, I didn't know." Right? Even if you go ten times your salary right off the bat right there you should have at minimum 10 times your salary mm -hmm. of coverage right well what do you advise those individuals who are retired you know i have an elder law practice most right. of my clients are, are not even working so they may have a social security they may have a pension you know retirement accounts that they're living on how, how do they know if they're properly insured right so they there's there's actual um plans out there that's designated uh, specifically for just final expenses. So if if you're at if you're at a stage where all your debts are paid off, you do, you you know you know you don't have a mortgage, you know your kids are grown and they're gone and things of that nature, so you don't have to worry about education or a mortgage or income replacement, you know per se. Right. Um, and uh, so you can you there's a there there are plans out there that are specifically tailored for older individuals that are just looking for final expenses just to cover their services and things of that nature so they're not a burden on their kids or anything like that. So again, those th these are steps and these are things that your financial professional will know depending on what stage of life you're in. Man, I've enjoyed this conversation so much about financial education. I would love to have a part two uh, of this segment. You have any problem with that? No, no, no. What, what do you think we should talk about in part two? So, so part two, I think we could we can go into uh, building wealth and more importantly, preserving wealth. Ah, I like that. Yeah. Thanks, Ploche. No problem. <laughs>